0: Go check it out today, www.gprstabilizers.com, or call 619-661-0101. Don't forget to tell him ATV Talk hanging. Bryce Ford, welcome to ATV Talk. I know you're a busy young man and you have a, an amazing schedule. Um, you're doing pretty good in the, in the motocross series. Um, how's it going?
1: Um, it's going good. Thank you for having me on for one, Leonard. Um, I'm, I'm currently in fifth right now. I'm trying to chase down a third. I got a podium last weekend, so I'm just looking for another podium this weekend. But I'm excited to talk on here and just give you guys some information.
0: Well, that's awesome. Basically, uh, basically what we do is we just want to get your story and uh, talk about Bryce Ford. And um, I'm gonna I'm gonna just open put this out here. What what you did to catch my eye is I was watching um some videos, gosh, it's been over a year now of what I thought was um, Joel chasing down weaning, and it was you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. I didn't, it was a it was one of those small videos on a phone, so yeah. you I couldn't make out details. I I just seen red, and you were riding red. You you guys were I think wearing the same gear and had the same color fenders, uh, so it looked like it was you and it was it looked like Joel. And then yeah, I realized no. it wasn't Joel. And you seen on the little bottom deal of the video that it was Bryce Ford, and I'm like, holy crap, because you were all over Chad,
1: all over him. Yeah, I actually think that was at Pleasure Valley, probably first moto I was I was on him for a little bit, um, and I felt good, and then I just fell back a little bit because I'm a little bit younger in the class, and I just made some mistakes, but it's been a, a learning experience for me even this year. Honestly, it's been more of a learning, learning experience than last year. Um, cause sometimes I expect myself to do things and I don't always do that. So it's, it's definitely been a learning curve. I haven't got to run with, with Joel and Chad as much this year as I would like to, but, uh, last race was definitely a little bit better and I'm just excited to grow on that and keep the momentum.
0: If, if I could just get blunt, what do you think the holdup is in being, in, in getting you up there with those guys is there is there something specific you can put your finger on
1: um honestly I think a lot of it's uh mentally just don't like for me don't give up on yourself like I'm still young and these guys have been doing it for a while like they show up to the race and I feel like it's another day of riding for them um sometimes I show up and I, I feel good I practice good and everything and I qualify nervous and i think i just really fall on my face performance wise i just don't do as good as i should um and then in the moto i get hyped up sometimes and i i make a stupid mistake and it takes a lot of energy from me and just just make a couple mistakes um i'm getting better though mentally i have a mental coach now this year um i got him halfway through the season and i think it's really helped me i got him after sunset um and i didn't show the actually i got them right before sunset and it didn't show the results at sunset but uh that's probably one of the first races i've had a two crashes at in both motos and got up and and not not quit the whole time and then at pleasure valley i just rode rode like myself i qualified not the greatest the first moto was all right and then the second moto i was losing time to the third and fourth guy and i ended up catching them so i would say a lot of it's Um, just, just staying strong mentally. I feel like we're all physically strong and we all know how to ride a quad. So I would say a lot of it, just don't ever mentally quit on yourself.
0: How old are you? I'm only 19. You're only 19 years old and you're running with, with what you would call seasoned veterans. You know, Joel being a multi-time champ and obviously everybody knows Chad's seven time champ. Yeah, for sure. I didn't realize that you were only 19. I was thinking that you were in your early 20s. Um, so, mental toughness or mental knowledge—the time, the lapse, the race—is it, it's going to take some time to develop that.
1: Yeah, for sure, and that's that's one of the biggest things is just getting laps under my belt, motos under my belt. And like, like some of these tracks, a lot of them have pro sections. Um, there are a lot, I mean, 25 minutes, the track changes a lot when you do four or five laps, you you don't ever really get to, uh, change lines. Like the inside ends up being faster and then it goes slower and then it comes back. So there's definitely a lot to it. And, and starts are key like in amateur racing. You can get a, a third place start. And if that guy makes a mistake, it's easy to pass him. But in pro, the uh, Joel and Chad and, and all of them, Jeffrey, uh, Max Lindquist, Brandon Hogue, they they just don't make mistakes. It's, it's pretty hard to gain time. Like if you're five seconds back, it's like you're almost five miles back. So it's just, it's a whole different ball game. And, and I would tell you Leonard this year, uh, last year, Thomas got third in which he was super fast. He was way faster than me, but, um, competition wise from third to, I would say about seventh or eighth, it's, it's gnarly. Like we could all be the same lap time and, and it's just like, you never know where you're going to end up. If you don't get a good start, I wouldn't expect to get third, you know? So it's, it's, it's hard this year and it's been different.
0: What, what are you and uh, your and your coach working on to get you in the, in the mental state to go race. What are you guys doing?
1: So like, he just, I mean, he helps with pretty much everything mental wise, but one of the biggest things he's, he's helped me with is just realizing how fortunate I am and not only on the track, just the people that are in my life, um, the people that support me, um, I mean, just having one of the best mechanics and motor builders and, and shot guy in the in the market. It's, it's just realizing those things, realizing, um, I started racing and my grandpa was a big part of it. And then he's no longer here. And just, just having the drive to, to, um, make him feel accomplished. He's not here, but he's watching above and, and just my Nana, she comes to every race and, and just trying to get, get a win for her and, and possibly a title and just, just everything that just how fortunate you are, just you're lucky to be able to race at 19 years old and do what you love because not everyone's able to do that. And it's honestly really just sat me down and just just made me realize how fortunate I am. Um, and just it's a blessing to be racing.
0: Do you think that a portion of it is it's spiritual?
1: Um, <laughs> I'm not really sure, Like like the definition of that word, so. I don't want to go super into it.
0: Um, maybe it was the wrong way to phrase that, but it's it, it it's got a um. Gosh, I'm my vocabulary sometimes is is suspect at best. But what I'm trying to to get out of you is because there's a higher level of consciousness there with talking about your grandfather and your grandmother and the the rest of the people involved in your program, it's bringing you mentally to a higher level. Oh, yeah,
1: for sure. That's one of the things that's changed. Like, like I used to maybe not be the the third fastest guy on the track or second, whatever place I'm in. And I used to sort of just give up on myself because eh, I'm not doing as good as I want to do. But now, like looking back at It just, everyone, my mental coach, my, uh, my physical trainer, Mark Baldwin, um, just everyone who, who is a part to this, my parents, my brother, um, just everyone, my, my Nana, uh, my girlfriend, just everyone. And like looking at all the work they put in and they don't have to do it. And, and they, they put all their energy and all their time in the day into it. It just makes me sit down and, and just realize like. You can't quit. You got to keep going. Like not everyone has a good day, but this is a, a really good day to a lot of people and I just need to enjoy it. And that's one thing that I've been doing and I feel super good. And last race, I think it showed a little bit.
0: That's awesome. Well, let's break it down really simple. Rice, you could either be home mowing grass or at the races racing your ATV.
1: Yeah. And I, I, I agree with you on that. And I think, that uh, mowing grass or pooling weeds or whatever you want to say could get pretty boring. So I'm super fortunate to be able to travel around and, and ride different tracks and meet different people. And like, while I'm here in Illinois, I get to ride with Chad Wayne which growing up, he's, he's, I mean, like you said earlier, he's a seven time champion. It's, it's a surreal thing to, to be able to ride his track. And it's just super fun to, to get to experience some of the things and, And like now, even in pro class, I get to ride with, with some of the coolest people in the world. Uh, and it's just, it's, it's an awesome
0: experience. I have noticed I've been watching the results and I've noticed the shuffle on the third position in the podium. Um, it's shuffling through all of you.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. Like I said, it's, it's third through through seventh, like last race, I, I got a good start and, And I looked back at probably five minutes in and I see, I think it was Wesley Wolf in fourth, Jeffrey, Nick Janusa, Brandon Hogue was back there. And then all of a sudden it just completely shuffles. And I'm just like, oh gosh, you know, I better not make a mistake. I better keep chugging away at this third place. And like, like you said, it's really fun to watch and all that, but, but sometimes it gets a little nerve wracking because like if you don't get a good start you got a lot of work to do and, and sometimes it doesn't always happen but the starts key
0: do you think that that the tracks that you're racing on should start changing the things up and making it more dual lane or more more places to pass
1: yeah that's honestly one of the biggest things that I, that I've noticed over the the last couple of years is it's just like from what I've heard is just lawsuits with tracks and, and people getting hurt. Like some of the gnarlier tracks like Millville, we don't go to anymore. Sunset Ridge, it used to get super gnarly and have super fun jumps. And, and just like some of these better tracks like Underground MX, we don't go anymore. Um, just some of the gnarlier tracks, it's like they're not there. The jumps are flat like Pleasure Valley this week and that's that's a really fun track I would say right now it's it's one of the best to me personally I like it um but it's like I think there were five guys within the 143 if I'm not wrong um we were all in the same same second so I just think the tracks like they're a little too easy um I wish they were a little bit would get a little bit rougher as well um but I mean, we got to deal with it, you know, but I definitely could could agree with that. They, I wish they were a little bit rougher and more technical.
0: So if we went back into the old school motocross where you cut down the size of the jumps, maybe you had a couple big ones and then you went into whoop sections, tight technical uh, turns with braking bumps and no track maintenance. What do you think that would happen to the field at that point? Uh,
1: honestly I think it would be a lot different um I would definitely have to have to get a little bit more meat on my bones um but like you're saying back in the day when I used to show up at a national track I used to my eyes used to get really wide and I used to be like wow I gotta ride this thing but uh that was the fun part of nationals like you knew like this is for the men this isn't for for the like like little Little boys, or anything like that. It's this is like a serious deal. Like, if you're about to go on this track, like, you got to be the real deal. And in my first couple of years in of nationals, I used to probably crash three times on Friday and, and just, you know, it used to be pretty rough, but it was super fun. It was that's when the sport was at its biggest. And I think we're getting a little bit smaller and, and people just are and like like even one thing is a lot of people complain about about the tracks being too rough or or too many big jumps or my son can't hit this jump and it's like it's it's just crazy how times change because i've been been racing nationals for probably 8 years now and it's just it's crazy how it's changed but now it's just a fast pace and and the tracks are a little bit easier
0: you know what they told you in the old the old days if you went to the promoter and said that the track was too rough. What's that? Go home.
1: Yeah. No. Exactly. And that's. I don't know if you ever came to the nationals back in the day. For uh, the amateur uh, referee was Smitty. He he was a gnarly guy. We showed up at our first race and and we had a local graphic guy doing our graphics and <laughs> we had the wrong rear number plate. He he got all mad. And we had to go get the little little sticker numbers so that they were wide enough so we could race like. It used to be really cutthroat and now I think just times change and and they're a little bit more forgiving and and things are just different, which isn't always the best, but it's still super fun.
0: What year were you born? Uh,
1: 2002.
0: Okay. I had stopped my national being at the motocross nationals back east in 97. I started traveling the Works Nationals in 2001. For sure. So I've been around a little while. Yeah, you've definitely been in the game a long time. (laughs) So, would I love to come back and motocross? Uh, Yeah, it's just what happens with us on the West Coast is because we're on the West Coast, it's almost not feasible to transport. I mean, I would need to transport a complete facility inside whatever kind of rig it was so that I could rebuild engines, have enough parts to support my riders. And the cost for that would be like running a yeah. whole other business. Insane.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing. That's the thing that I think really sucks now is, is my dad's just like a big, he's like big into racing and just loves racing. and And they ran a local series for a while and, and just seeing like, just a different perspective the racing not just like whatever just showing up at a race but one thing he's always said is like this is it's called the East Coast National's pretty much it should be called um and it would be cool to see if we could get some more like central and maybe a west coast race to see different riders and and maybe we could get some riders hooked and and maybe move the series more central like it used to be and just go to more places than just the east coast cuz think that's when the series was big and, and everyone loved it
0: you know i think we should think let's go back even more in time okay and you can think about this because if you ever watched the movie on any sunday no, sir, you need to watch that movie but what they used to do is is you had disciplines right now you have motocross woods desert TT and off-road. So you take those five disciplines, you create a series where you have to do all five disciplines two or three times throughout the year. And the guy with the most points at the end of the year wins.
1: Yeah, for sure. That actually sounds really cool. Cause like you're saying that I saw, I went to Mark Baldwin's the other week and I saw, a younger picture of Joel Hetrick and I think Thomas Brown and and it was a TT picture and and growing up uh, around John Natalia, I always heard about just how it was so gnarly because you had to race TT one weekend and then let's say a couple weekends or next weekend it would be motocross and and like like you said, it's just it's it's just a different animal and and you always wouldn't see the same guy when you would see maybe a a better flat track racer win one weekend and and then the, the best endurance rider win the next. So, I mean, that would be super cool. What else would be cool is it's maybe divided it up like dirt bikes and have regionals and then one big C- one big race at Loretta's or just something different, but you know,
0: what's going to happen is, is it's going to take guys like you, riders getting together and telling the, the, the AMA and the promoters what you want in a series, because they're not going to listen to one guy they're not going to listen to two guys it's going to be an organized group of people that come to him and say listen we've mapped it out this is what we want to do this is why we want to do it and this is how we're going to do it do you want to be part of it or not yeah for sure you know i mean it's just like no
1: yeah i get get what you're saying
0: i was talking to one of the guys they charge the riders to go in the gate (laughs) yeah in what world in what sport do they charge the entertainment to go in the gate? And I'm not talking yeah. about amateur writers, I'm talking about your pros. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. No, it's it's definitely, it's definitely crazy. And now it's just just doesn't matter who you are. They just want your money.
0: <laughs> but, and they don't and I don't think they're giving you the product for the money. Heck no. So we we got a new guy on the West Coast, his name's Randy Perry. And he's really trying to make a difference in the off-road series and bring the numbers back and and bring it make it back about racing and in the and in, in the courses that we race on. It's a little tough with COVID, but things like that need to happen to develop the series for you.
1: No, oh, yeah, I totally agree with you. And speaking about a West Coast, uh, I think I might try to race a works race here soon maybe if it doesn't interfere with a national race or at the end of the season, if there's still one, I would definitely like to check that out because like I see all these videos and, and all these people from works racing and, and I think it might honestly be, be the move to make one day. I just got to see what it's like.
0: Well, Bryce, you just hit me up and I'll do everything I can to help you for sure. You know, I don't have a, I have some resources out here but if there's something that I can do to make it happen for you or make, make it fun for you, just let me know.
1: Yep. For sure.
0: So let's get back into talking a little bit about you. You mentioned that you started racing uh, roughly eight years ago. How did you get into the ATV industry?
1: I'm um, so, so um, uh, shoot, I don't even know how long ago I, I probably started racing like, like quads, uh, 14 years ago to local series, but, um, how we got into it, I think my brother had a little battery operated quad and he was riding around the house. And then one year we asked Santa for, for some quads and, and he brought us Polaris nineties. Um, and we rode those things and I think the batteries started falling out of them and they just got pretty roached. Um, so then my dad went to this local dealership in, in uh, Houston, Texas, and, um, he bought, two drrs and uh we went to this track it's called whole shot valley mx um it's in it's by my house now actually um and we were just riding there and these people that had other quads there they were like you guys should to my parents they're like you guys should get into racing your kids your kids are pretty good and so i guess we tried it out and honestly i think the first couple of years i (laughs) i wasn't very good i i think i was maybe third or second, which is good, but at a local series, whatever, you know, but, um, I was young and, and I guess probably fall off a lot, but I don't really remember that too much. Um, and then we just kept racing local races and my dad would, we would ask him, but we wanted to race me and my brother wanted to race four and five classes. So, so we did that and growing up, we, we started getting really good. My dad was, was our mechanic in that and CVT racing. Um, And then we just started getting better and better. We found a local mechanic, Lucky Nichols, LCS Racing. um, And then he built us some quads. And then um, my first, we went to, I think Millville was my first national. And and we saw that big track and we were like, oh gosh, we're a little scared of this. Well, (laughs) I mean, I was scared in my head, but my parents were saying it out loud. Um, But I raced the 50 on the, on the, um, Little track and and I won my first race and and then I was like, Mom and Dad, I think I can win them all. So then I think we went to the next one and I might have got first or second there. Um, but then growing up, I just I raced CVTs. I got my first Hetrick bike and, and that was super super cool. And we were with Hetrick for a couple of years. Um, and then I raced 70 CVT. I did pretty well on that. I won the 70 CVT title um and then next the next year i won the 90 cbt title and then it just went from there i never never raced uh shifters when i was younger um my parents never felt like that was a good idea if you were just a little too young to understand the the physics of just you got to shift and ride fast and press the gas so i never really got that um and then i did pretty good in those classes one. I got on a 90 shifter. I won three titles in that. Um, and then I just, super Mini was honestly the hardest class I've ever raced. I came uh, the first year I raced it. I tied with Peyton Zimmerman and he, he got the tiebreaker. And then the next year I lost to Trevor Thatcher by one point, which, which was honestly the hardest loss I've ever taken. Not because they're bad people or anything, but just, I was so close to winning. Like <laughs> I, I tied the year before and then to lose it by one point that just, that just killed me. And, and honestly, to this day, like that soup, me losing both of those super many titles gives me a little bit extra motivation when I want to quit or, or slow down or whatever. I'm like, nah, you can't do that. You know, you gotta get them back for all that. But, um,
0: are, are any of those guys that you raced with in that in that class still racing today?
1: No, uh, uh, Trevor Thatcher, he, he raced me in 250. Um, I, didn't, I didn't get to race Max Lindquist. He was always uh, a class younger than me because I think he's a year or two younger than me. Um, but, man, me and Trevor Thatcher back in the day, like, <laughs> he was quick and, and I was quick. And it, it was a good battle. Like, he, he was definitely quick. Like he would pull the start and then make me work for it. And sometimes he would take me to town and just gap me, you know, but then some races I would get him, but those, it's just those two strokes, they break nonstop on littler stuff. Um, But then, then in uh, 20, 2016, probably I was, I was training um, Dom. The program was at our house. Um, I was training, having fun with, Jacob Stevens and and all the Ford Brothers riders. And and I uh, was hitting this big triple, triple section. And I, I cased the first one and, and broke my hips, um, which that really didn't feel too great. I was in the hospital for, for a week. And then the doctor told me it was going to be a year and a half before I was going to be able to run again or, or do any activity like that. Um, they didn't know my hips were broken at first. So I got surgery on those. And then um I got out. I went to physical therapy. I had to relearn how to walk and, and regain all my glute muscles. Um and then from there I didn't I didn't race my first well, my first like like my actual first year on 250. Um I sat out half the year. And then I got in at the sixth round, um, and I I won every race from the from that round to the end, every moto and every race. And then that next year, me and Max Lindquist battled in two fifty, and then I I ended up winning all three of those. Um, and then, at Loretta's that year,
0: when you came back from your hips, did you come back early? Uh so that's the thing is
1: like watching watching people ride every day I mean it was definitely like like itching at me to ride, but i I don't think I came back early i might have been might have been still like a little bit weak or things like that but but coming back early, like unsafe or anything like that, I would say not really um I just like like that really sat me down when I was that age, um just realizing like like when you can't walk, you realize how lucky you are to walk. And, and like, just, it's easy to take a shower and just do anything. It's easy to go like pushing a wheelchair, having a battery operated wheelchair when you want to go everywhere. (laughs) It sucks. Um, so that definitely made me realize back then, like how fortunate I am. And, and that's sort of why, like a lot of people were like, Oh, why do you want to ride again? And all this and that. And it was just like, like I wasn't done yet and I and I felt really good on the quad and just I think a freak thing happened and and it definitely banged me up pretty well. But no, I came back from that
0: and then it, it
1: was just like that's when racing got really fun for me.
0: That's that's pretty incredible. And, and no,
1: but yeah, then after those 250 titles, I won the those three that second year. Um and then I went uh at Loretta's I raced pro sport um I won the first moto and then I got third the second one Logan Sandfield, my brother beat me they were in a title so I was like you guys go for it you do your thing and um I ended up getting the overall in that class which was really cool as my first first race in that so it was super cool um and then that next year I just trained and and just did my thing. And then I raised pro-am and pro-sport.
0: And pro-sport, what is that class include? You know, if you could break down what the class is.
1: Yeah, you know, for sure. Um, I would say it's like, like the higher, like, like it's like, it's technically an A class, but I would say it's like the premiere of A classes. Like, like, that's where you. That's like the stepping stone to pro am. Like if you're gonna race pro am, you would race pro sport. Um, okay. Okay. It's definitely like, like if you want to see like fast riders that aren't going like long like 15 minute motos yet, that's that's like the class you want to watch.
0: So how long? How many seasons did you spend in pro am? Um. So
1: that uh, which would have been two years ago. I raced pro am and pro sport. Um, fortunately I won I did very well in pro sport I won I think I won the majority of the races and then in pro-am it was me and Logan Stanfield Noah Mickelson which definitely wasn't easy because you know they're they're fast um and I I ended up winning that title at I think 16 years old so that felt really good and then that next year I went pro
0: so you turned pro two years ago yeah and- I turned Go ahead. Yes.
1: I turned pro at 17. Um, honestly, that was, that was one of the things I was a little scared about. Cause like going back in time, I, I saw like, and this is completely different racing, but I saw Adam Cincerello, like go pro to younger age and like write the letter to the AMA and, and it hasn't went so well for him, but He's, he's doing better now, but just like going in so young, it was definitely a nerve wracking thing. Cause once you enter pro, you can't go back down. So it was definitely a little, little, little nerve wracking, but it's ended up to be good so far. So.
0: Well, when you're become a seasoned veteran, when you're 26 years old and you are still racing against, uh, n- newcomers that are in their twenties, uh, that are that are just becoming pros you'll see the difference at that point and this is no slide on you this is just the reality of it you haven't even got your man strength yet
1: no yeah and that's trust me I it's like hard for me because because in my second year I want to go and win the thing but it's like I just need to keep after what I'm doing and just stay focused and and keep working for it and I'll get there but it's been eating me up this year I feel like last year like was my warm up year. I was getting close, not really close to Joel and Chad, but some races I was within the same straightaway and I, I felt good. And this year, it's just, it hasn't been the same. I haven't really lived up to the hype that some people say. Um, and it's just been a year. That's really just honestly, a lot's happened, um, for me, like just learning and, and just growing and and I think it's really good. It's going to end up benefiting me, but it's just tough this year.
0: I think, I think what it is, it's, they call it the sophomore slump. And, and it's, you're realizing what you didn't realize last year when you were a first time pro, you didn't even see the ramifications of how big it is. And this year you're, you're realizing that um, one of the big, biggest pieces of advice that I could give you is shrink it back down. It's just an A T V race.
1: Yeah, that's the yes. problem. I think sometimes sometimes I overthink it a little bit and like I get myself a little too hyped up or or if yeah, just like I get a bad start, I, I panic and just don't breathe. And it's just like you said, it's just last year I didn't think about it. I just did it. Um and this year I'm you. just thinking about it a little too much and and I think now, like later in the season, which which sucks to figure it out now, but but, like you said, I think I'm starting to figure that out, and I'm just just learning slowly but but I definitely feel like I'm a lot better than I was at the start of the year now. now I just let things go, and if I don't qualify good, I just try to not let it bother me but but it's definitely been been a learning year. I would say I've almost learned more this year than my rookie year.
0: I would say you would because you're more intuned and more awake to what really is happening versus I'm going to go out and show those pros that I'm the best. And <laughs> you have no idea what you're up against. Yeah, no, that's, that's 100%. <laughs> we, I've seen a lot of young guys go out there thinking I am God's gift to ATV racing. And they come back with their tail between their legs and their hat. In their Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Those guys are fast, that's no joke <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly so what do you what do you see as the future as it unfolds? what do you see happening with the a t v world I mean hopefully i I mean hopefully
1: it gets bigger again, um, I just hope the competition stays there honestly and and the younger kids keep going at it because. Like right now in our series, it's it's not the biggest it's ever been, but I would say the competition's pretty good. Uh like watching the younger kids, like a two fifty class, it's it's definitely got some some fast kids good in good competition. But um honestly, like what I would like to see is I would like to see it get bigger and just just more fans start coming. But um, I mean, I, I just don't know. I, I hope like all this pandemic and stuff and just everything gets better. So, so everyone can keep coming to the races.
0: Well, do your best to promote your sport, be an ambassador for it. So that means everywhere you go and everything you do in your life, people that know ATVs are going to know who you are. And one of the things that the younger writers don't seem to understand is your sponsors know everyone.
1: Yeah, for sure. They're always watching.
0: So what that means, if you're in New York, not ATV related, there's somebody there that knows you. Yeah,
1: no, for sure.
0: Or knows of you. And you need to be on your best behavior for always, because there's so many people counting on you to be that ambassador for ATV racing. So when that young kid comes flying out of a crowd, Bryce, Bryce, I want your autograph. And you're like, I'm on vacation. And then in, in nowhere land, a, there's no ATVs around. And this kid yeah, no, knows who I am.
1: Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. You always, yeah, for sure.
0: And no, that's one thing
1: I'm I'm like, I learned from, I've learned from like John Natalie and just, and just Joe bird, like, just like, like you're saying, but don't go party and things like that. But, no, like I've always like I just want to try to make the sport grow. And like you said, I want to try to make a living at this and just make it get bigger. So I always try to be super, super professional with it. I want the younger kids to to see me as a leader and just just wanna to, wanna to get involved in the sport and just do great things.
0: That's awesome. Okay. Now let's get down to the nitty-gritty. What's the brother rivalry like? Um. Honestly, (laughs) it's (laughs) never. Are you going to take all the glory out of that and make it? No, it's no big deal. No, no. It's it's
1: like me and my brother actually get along really well. Um, growing up, we just used to always practice together and and ride together and and teach each other things. Like if I'm faster somewhere, he would follow me, or I'd follow him. Um, but it's never really been a rivalry. Like I'm better than you. You're better than me. Like I try not to think about that because then you can worry about one thing too much, but, but he's always been older than me. And I've, I've gotten to learn a lot of things from him and just, and I think he's got to learn just, you, you got to think a little bit more. You can't just go fast. And, and that's one thing that I've taught him and he's taught me, you just got to be consistent. And honestly, it's, it's like I said, it's never been a rivalry. Now we race in pro class. I got a little mad at him at sunset cause I couldn't get around him. Um, which is, I guess his job to do to me, but (laughs) I didn't like it, but it's been super fun. Like if I'm slow on the track somewhere, I can, I can ask him like, is there a smoother line or is there something like you guys are doing? Or he asked me and it's just, it's super cool. And I think it's one of our like biggest secret weapons because like if we're together and we don't want to, like, I don't want to ride one day, he'll, he'll be, he'll be like, all right, let's go ride. and then we'll end up riding and just, just like pushing each other to the, to the next level. And, and I think that's what it's sort of done for us. And I think that's why we're both in pro class right now. So to me, honestly, there's no rivalry. I think it's really cool. And it's like a surreal thing. So I just look at it as it's, it's a great, like, this is a once in a lifetime thing. You've seen a couple, couple brothers go pro together, like Hunter Miller that I remember Hunter and Cody Miller. Um, which they actually used to train us. So it's super cool. Um, and Noah and Hayden Mickelson. So there's just like a few people and it's, it's just really cool that we're both doing great. And honestly, it's just like, it's, it's super cool.
0: That's awesome. I'm glad, I'm glad that it's working out that way for you guys. Um, I definitely want to sit down and talk with your brother as well.
1: You know, yeah, no, and and yeah, that's yeah, but no, one thing that's super cool too about it all is, is like when we're testing bikes or something or just trying to figure something out, most of the time we feel the same thing. So he can be like, Oh, this, like, we need less air pressure (laughs) or we need to put a stiffer spring on or, or, you know, just like the bike doesn't do this right or, you know, and we can just work together. So it, it honestly benefits both of us because we can just, always work together and just make it better and yeah it's it's like I said earlier it's super cool and and like I enjoy like racing with him but but when I get around him on the track it just gets hard sometimes because you're like like you can't wad each other up and and that's sort of what happened at sunset like I wanted to pass him a little aggressive maybe but I was like man like racing is super fun but I'm not going to take us both out so I just had to had to take the loss that day but other than that it's been super fun and just just enjoyable to to learn and just be together and just do what we
0: love that's awesome so let me let me ask you this I want you to talk me through a couple days of your training schedule because I'm assuming that one day is a riding day and then there's one day that's uh done on the road bike or in the gym or something like that so talk me through that
1: yeah for sure so like like i said this year has been a learning curve for me um i switched trainers recently um and i think it's it's like that trainer really took me to a far far place um and just i feel like i've learned a, a lot more about just my body and and my recovery and that's one thing that's really helped but like a the usual week for me, I like to ride probably five days out of the week and and work out um probably four four or five of those days but but one of the most important things I've learned is is you've gotta let your body recover, you've gotta gotta like voice what you feel and and that's what I do now. I tell my trainer like if I feel sore, we do a recovery bike ride. um I bike ride, I ski. I row, um, just I run. I mean, and, and riding your bike like your quad is is honestly the like best workout you can do for for racing, obviously, because you're getting to do repetition of what you're gonna do at the race. Um, but yeah, just like like this year I've I've really cut down on, on eating bad food. I eat super clean now. Um, and I just just stay after it and and just state of the plan and just ride as much as I can. And, and it's just, it's changed so much this here, like I said, like the recovery side of things, I feel 10 times better. And I think it sort of showed last weekend.
0: So you're believing your belief is that spend more time on the quad riding and that's where you're going to get most of your conditioning and the, the mu- muscle memory to
1: yeah, make, no, make for sure. I think, I think quad like riding your quad is super important, but, but I also like road bike quite often. And like I say, riding a quads like what I do a lot, but, but I honestly road bike quite a bit. It's like when I get on the road bike is an hour and a half. So it gets like, it's, it's just like balancing everything out. But I think like the most important thing is, is riding your quad for
0: sure that's uh, i can't argue with that i never got to r- r- ride a lot when i raced do you do any recreational style riding
1: um honestly like like woods racing and and trail riding my parents would never let us do because they when they were growing up um they heard about a lot of head on collisions in, in the trails and just like people getting hurt uh so they that's sort of why they got us into um um atv racing like on a track um so honestly i haven't done much like recreational riding but one thing i'd like to definitely do soon is is race like a works race just a more natural uh racetrack um and i'd also like to go to the sand dunes and and get on a banshee or something cool you know you sure you're up for a banshee
0: that's pretty
1: powerful Um, Yeah, I need to, I need to, my arms need to get a little bit longer. (laughs) No, but no, I mean, I think like just like Banshees, I mean, they look pretty dope sort of, and they go fast from what I've heard.
0: They are extremely fast and built correctly. They are a ton of fun to ride, which they might be fun to ride even not built correctly because they have like a light switch style power. And if you've got the skill to ride it like that, uh, you'll have a blast with it. Um, so they're a lot of fun. They, they're they better sand dune machines than they are off-road machines or, or motocross machines. But some of the aftermarket chassis banshees did some pretty cool stuff. Doug Eichner did a real good job on his Lager bike.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. And that's, that's one thing that I'd like to do just go rip some sand dunes and just have fun because sometimes riding riding a motocross track every day gets a little boring and just you want to do something different so it'd be cool to definitely ride a banshee one day and one thing I would like to talk mark in the building is is a tt crf 450 um I (laughs) I feel like I'm pretty good like it uh, drifting in on flat turns on a quad. So I'd like to see what I could do maybe in TT. Um, but yeah, just, I just want to do a couple, like, like fun stuff like that, but the woods riding like GNCC, that stuff looks gnarly. And I don't know if I could ride a quad for, for 14 hours. No, I'm just kidding. Whatever. Two, four hours, whatever they race, Two hours. but that, yeah, that stuff's pretty gnarly, but I'd definitely like to go watch one of those and just, just stay involved with the sport and try to, like you said, make ATVs grow and just be an ambassador to it.
0: That's pretty awesome. I really enjoy some of the TT stuff. Um, it, it, it's an art form all in its own. Um, so I'm sure when, when Mark builds you that quad, you'll, uh, you'll enjoy oh. it because it's going to be pretty incredible.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. And like, like you just said, piece like the stuff Mark builds is just, just amazing. Like, like my race bike, sometimes I get on and I'm like, dang, man, this thing's like so nice. And, and like you said, if he built that TT bike, I might just keep it for looks. No, but I'm just kidding. But no, I'd like to definitely race the TT race. Like the Astro 50th, uh, 50th year race. I would have liked to race that. Um, but unfortunately I didn't get to race that, but, but definitely soon I'm going to show up on a TT on the, on the TT track and just see what I
0: got. That's pretty awesome. Uh, That is pretty awesome because if you race a TT bike under the lights at night, um, it's, it's surreal. It's so cool.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. And one thing that I got to be careful of is, is that I like to fall off my quad for some reason. And I definitely don't want to do that on that hard pack dirt. So I, I need to get that under control before I, I test out this TT stuff. Cause I know that ground's definitely not forgiving.
0: It's A little road rash, man. It all grows back.
1: Yeah, for sure. <laughs>
0: uh, I, I have a tendency to bounce too. So it's, it's okay. You know, you, you get
1: over it. Yeah, for sure just hurts now
0: exactly exactly so you guys found mark or did mark find you guys so actually um i was racing a
1: probably 90 shifter at the time and and um my brother was racing a, a b class and my dad was having a local guy do our stuff and and he just he saw some of mark's work and like it literally looks like like just amazing. And and my dad called Mark up. So so we found Mark. Um my dad called Mark and was like, Mark, could you build us a four fifty? I think they just did the motor, honestly. And like when you get on the bike and it it starts in one kick and and the motor is super reliable and it's got good power, it's smooth. It's just like you gotta try them out again. So I was that second year I was racing the super mini title he freshened up my, uh, super mini one Oh five. And, and that thing was like the quickest I ever wrote it. And of, of course it was at the last race. So I didn't really get to enjoy that much. But then after that, he built those, those three KTM two or actually four KTM two fifties I had. And, and that's something that he didn't want to do at first, but, but my dad, my dad sort of had talked him into it just, just because it's like a one off bike and, and it hadn't really been done yet. So Mark did that and and that thing is still insane to this day. Uh Mason Jackson's actually racing it right now in the 250 class and and he's he's doing pretty good on it. I would say sometimes he he dominates on it. Um but just just little things like that. I think Mark like hid from back in the day, maybe a little bit like the more creative things like changing it up, building a KTM. Um and and like lately he he's been on Hondas and and we just switched to Yamaha and it was definitely probably tough for him to do that because I feel like he just loves red, you know, he's a Honda guy. Um but he so he's he switched we switched the Yamaha and he's just been honestly <laughs> like fixing every little problem with the Yamaha. If you know Mark, he's he's perfection. Uh so it's just super cool to work with someone like him and And like I said earlier, it's, it's like, it's a lot of my drive. I like, I'm super lucky to have, I would say the best, the best engine builder um, in the business. And just, it's an honor to be able to ride for him. And, and just, I just always want to try my best when, when, when I have the Baldwin logo on my
0: bike. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, I think the world of him, I think he's a pretty nice guy. We've got to stand next to each other and, and be competitors while I got, our guys got to race. So he was always a, a first-class professional and in the pits and, um, and a friend, you know, because in the ATV world, it's a small group of people that do it and you have to rely on those guys. And I'm glad that, I'm glad that you hooked up with somebody that you can really relate to and does you a great job.
1: No, for sure. And that's, that's one thing is just, just like when he puts his name on something, it's, it's like he actually puts all of his heart into it. And and that's one super cool thing that, that I, I get to see from him. Like when I go to his shop, like he literally touches every, every single, like, let's say a motor goes out. He, he looked at that motor. Like if he even does my practice squad, he makes sure it's all right. And just, just like the amount of, of effort he puts in the things and he just cares. Like, it's not just like, let's say there's a C-class rider. It's not just, Oh, he's a C-class rider. Like when Mark Baldwin has your motor, it doesn't matter who you are. It's like, you're giving it to Mark Baldwin and you're going to get the right stuff. And, and that's, what's super cool about it is like, like, let's say, I feel like if, if Jeffrey rastrelli was to run Mark again, and like we were both big competitors, Mark, would never choose. And, And I think that's one thing that's really cool about him. And I respect him for that a lot. Um, Yeah.
0: I mean, that's, you have to have that trust in that guy, you know? And, and I love the fact that, that you're, you're plugging him, you know? Because if you look back at the things that I've done with my career as, as being a, a, a race mechanic and, and, you know, whether it be in Baja or Best in the Desert or works. Yeah you know, or whether it was back East at the nationals, I had, I had the same motor builder every time, whether it be a two stroke or a four stroke. And that was my brother. So that's I, awesome. I get that, you know, that relationship, you know, it's, it's just, it's just not something I worry about. I put the motor. Yeah. In.
1: I give you props for that. Cause like, like that takes a lot of trust. And, and just like, sometimes you might have a bad race or whatever and that's, that's actually really awesome. That you had your brother do your stuff. Um, that's super yeah. cool.
0: You, you know, I mean, our dad started the business and yeah, my brother took over and, you know, I went and built houses for a couple of years, came back and, and became, you know, started working with my brother and then became, uh, you know, I build the bikes and put the motors in the frame and, and, and do the, the tuning and the, and the setup. And, and um, we work well together, you know, he doesn't have time to put them in the frame and and do the tune, but I do.
1: And yeah, no, that's super cool.
0: You know, I, I prefer to build motors, but you, you gotta, you gotta pick your spot. No.
1: Yeah, no, that's, that's true. That's awesome.
0: You got one, you get one guy that gets to build motors and the other guy. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's a lot of fun. It's an amazing industry and I'm really glad that you're, making your path and, and, and making your way through it. And, uh, you need to, uh, you need to listen to your, your coach and, and remember the wheels already round. You're not going to yeah. make it any more round, <laughs> for sure. You know, that's the biggest thing I've learned in my life and in, in, in doing this. And you, you can only stress about the things that you can worry about. Uh, occasionally motors are going to break. Occasionally you're going to get a flat tire. Occasionally an axle is going to fail. You know what? Your, your, your team is doing the best they can to prevent it. And, it, and, uh, and sometimes just things happen. No, that's, that's true. 100%. You know, if, if we could be perfect, we'd all be flying space shuttles to, to Mars.
1: Heck yeah, let's go. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's pretty awesome, brother. Hey, I want to thank you so much for taking the time with ATV Talk um, and letting us know a little bit about you. Um, it's it's a real pleasure, a, a man of your age, to be that open with himself and understanding that you have a fan base and there are people that want to know more about you. Um, so this is the part where I'm going to extend the invitation to have you back at some point maybe an end of the season recap or maybe a right before the beginning of next year, something like that, or maybe even a chat with you and your brother and, 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 and somebody else maybe get you your brother and your dad uh, on and and, and talk all at the same time so that, so that I can get the dirt on you kids from your dad. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. (laughs) But uh, again, thank you so much for coming on ATV talk. It was my pleasure. And, um, I hope that we can do it again.
1: Yeah. No, thank you for having me on. It was, it was, it was a fun time and like tell my story. I love doing that. And I just, just hope that everyone that's racing and and young and up and coming, I hope they keep after it and just stay in the sport that they love and we all love. And hopefully this sport grows one day and just, it's awesome, man. I love doing this thing. Like, like, Like I said earlier, it's just I'm lucky to be able to do it. I'm lucky to be able, uh, lucky to be as good as I am at it and just I hope to make it grow and just impact younger kids' lives and just make them stay at it. And thank
0: you for having me on. The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at atvtalkpodcast.com.
1: Brought to you by Take-Two Custom Tees, screen printing experience that is dedicated to quality and customer service every time.
0: San Diego's Body Evolution and Wellness Center, with over 17 years experience, Dr. Heidi looking out after all your chiropractic needs, and Coach PJ looking out after all your fitness needs.